0: Welcome to PaperQuest. I'm Jesse, And I'm James.
1: And we're two friends teaming up in our ongoing quest through the Infinite Library.
0: During a main quest, we discuss our current buddy book. And during a side quest, we share our recent solo reads with each other.
1: You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Please rate, like, or subscribe wherever you're listening and check out the show notes for all the links in the description
0: check the facebook page for our upcoming release schedule and consider supporting the show with our one dollar patreon which also grants access to each episode two days early but for now please join us in another episode
1: this is paper (laughs) quest
0: Okay, so today is going to be our part two and final part of our fave book swap. We did, you know what? I already, Switch. Switch. We did Switch, which is your favorite book. Uh, last, uh, last main quest. Today we're doing Fablehaven, which I haven't read since. I I still can't decide if it's middle school or high school, like early high school, but long enough ago that I can't remember. So I will start with a uh book summary followed by of course why i picked this book why i like this book and uh we will go from there so fable haven by brandon Mole. and this one i just wrote myself i didn't pull this from anything because i don't like the regular book description <laughs> so when their parents are forced to leave on a trip Kendra and Seth Sorensen are begrudgingly dropped off at their grandparents' home, an old yet beautiful estate on a very large piece of land. Grandpa Sorensen seems to have many rules to keep them safe, and Grandma Sorensen is nowhere to be found. They are told not to enter the barn or to ever cross into the woods. However, the inevitable curiosity of young children will soon reveal secrets to their grandparents' home quicker than uh, Grandpa expected. This is Fablehaven, secretly housing magical creatures from all around the world, keeping the creatures safe from humans and vice versa. The Sorensen children quickly get mixed up into a dangerous plot involving an imprisoned witch, the secret to their grandmother's whereabouts, hints of a secret society with nefarious purposes, and the race to prevent an ancient creature from awakening. Uh, So this book... What do you think? Are we thinking... Is this like an 8 to 12 range again on age? I think so. I think that's what it was. Um... But I think can be highly enjoyed by adults uh, of any age. I still very much enjoyed this read. And I have already finished the second book. And I will be doing the rest. So um, I've mentioned this before in podcasts. And there's a certain word that I want to use that I keep Googling. And I cannot find it. And it's driving me crazy. But there is a definition for when a book takes place in a singular location. Mm. You know, in a home, on a train, in a plane, etc. I cannot find the word, and it's driving me crazy because I used to know in it. In a boat with a goat. But for the most part, yeah. <laughs> so for the most part, this book takes place in a singular location. Kind of cheating because it's a big location, but it's a singular setting. It's a house on a piece of land. There's woods. There's there's places to go here on the property. But when a book is like that, I'm always a sucker for it. I like when you can just stay in one place and really build out this story and get involved and like feel like the place we're at is a character in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Which is always very cool to me. I kind of get that, you know when you read, I know, at least for me, I'm sure for you. You know when you read like Harry Potter or something similar and you feel the magical vibes. Mm-hmm. I, I get that feeling in this book too. Like I feel excited to read it. I like the world building. I like the, the hints of things to come and what may be out there. They do drop a lot of little things that don't get brought up again. Like... You know this secret society that they um mention a few times is obviously going to play a bigger role and you have no idea like what their deal is and stuff like that. And then just just the property of Fablehaven itself. I mean, I know this book has its childish moments. It's funny, but Fablehaven itself is cool. It feels lived in. It feels ancient. Like they'll come across things and it's like how long has that been there? Thousands of years, you know? Like we'll talk about the witch, which is kind of a main character in this book. So I just I just feel it all through and through. Back in the day when I first read it, I would give it a five out of five. Having read it today, I did sort of update myself, and I'm giving it four out of five stars. But I will uh, I will hand it off to you on your spoiler-free thoughts, and then we'll jump into whatever we want to jump into.
1: Sounds good. Uh, so I really didn't know anything about the book until you read the summary last time um, from the back of the book. I was just like, all right, this is James's choice. I'm reading it either way, so it didn't really matter. Um, And it was fun. It was, I I did also give it a four out of five. Uh, It's not something that I would read a hundred times, but it's something that I really enjoyed. It was a really quick read, which we all know I love. I love something that you can just like sit down, get into, and... um, kind of blow through it and feel connected to, like you said, to the, the property of Fablehaven, to the generational story um, with the grandparents and the, the grandchildren. And then also you really get to see that um, Seth is a ridiculous little boy who wants to go on adventures and that his sister is clearly the older <laughs> child. Like, no. You, you can't do that. You, you know, did you even pack underwear type of thing? And yeah, yeah, it just feels uh, authentic in their relationship. It's loving. It's it's silly. It's um, competitive. And then also that
0: very bantery, very like, yeah, you know, giving giving each other crap, which, yeah, well, course. and also
1: it feels real enough that it almost could exist, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate. It's not like, you know, they the children live in the real world and then they find this place and they're like, hold on, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I immediately was trying to convince my 10-year-old to read it. Um, he realized very quickly that there was no pictures and or there's a couple, but not enough for him at, at this point in his reading journey and he was just (laughs) kind of like yeah no I'm good but I think in like a year or two um because he has some interest in some other books he might decide to read it so I'm going to keep on him about that
0: does he ever does he ever come across as someone who might be more of an audiobook kind
1: of kid yeah he does have a children's audiobook app and he's been listening to um Harry Potter and something else so yeah he's a very moving kid so him sitting Mm -hmm. down to read something for more than five minutes is well he reads for 20 minutes a day but it's a lot for him so we're gonna keep working on it
0: yeah yeah because i i feel like i was i mean i just straight up was adhd when i was a kid and just i was a big reader still but there was always times where i was like how fast can I read this? I want to move on to the next thing. And, you know, I just, so to have, I mean, even to this day, I do audiobooks and I speed it mm-hmm. up, right? Like, that's multi-purpose. I also want to get through more books for the podcast. But I also think uh, um, narrators talk really slow in books by by nature. Um, but, yeah, no, that's cool. I hope one day he does read it. As far as what we are going to get into, do you want to just talk about some of the characters here i'll start with this let's start with the two kids because are we going to
1: spoilers i
0: love both um what's are we that going to spoilers yeah unless you have any other spoiler free thoughts we'll call it spoilers right, from here.
1: i just want to make sure <laughs> i didn't okay i yeah, didn't want to <laughs> assume and then say something that spoiled things so yes let's start with the nope. Kids. you're
0: good yeah we will um so seth and kendra so, Seth is a really good character, but he is also very frustrating. He's younger, and he will make multiple mistakes in this book. Um, but I will say, having read further, um, that becomes part of the story. He he makes some pretty big mistakes in this book, so you'll see the fallout of that in later books, and sort of like having to learn from his mistakes. So, as annoying as it was in this book, especially with Midsummer's Eve or whatever... Were you, like, angry every time Seth did something wrong? No. <laughs> like, every time? No,
1: I wasn't angry. I think it's what a – do they say his age? I assumed him to be 8, nine, ten years old, somewhere in there.
0: I don't remember. All I know is in book two, Kendra is a couple months away from uh, freshman in, in high school. Okay. So, yeah. I. Um, it, It's a one-year – so, whatever. This takes us one year before the second book, so – I'm assuming he must be middle school, like, beginning of middle school, maybe. Okay,
1: because... Maybe? I don't know. I assumed her to be about 13, 14. So, if he's, you know... Even if he's 10 or 11, I just took it as, you know, he has a good heart. And he's an adventurous little boy. And he wants to, you know, fight the dragon. And he wants to... Um, capture the fairy and he wants to do all those things that kids want to do um and he just happens to find himself in a place where he can actually do some of those things so i it didn't it didn't anger me at all it was that is what a little kid is and
0: he pushes the boundaries of the of the rules he's been given like how far can i push yeah. You know, what is the edge of the woods, really? How far can I push that definition and stuff like that? Well, and I,
1: <laughs> I think that that's, you know, that is that is who he is. If you say, you know, you can have one cookie, but don't explain why, and, you know, he's, he's not going to listen. But if you say, you can have one cookie because I made a whole cake and we're having that, too, he'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. But to just say, yeah. like, don't go in the woods, he's like, okay, but why? And I think he asks, or, or one of them asks, and they say ticks, And he's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, but if they said, don't go in the woods because something's going to eat you, I think he'd be more hesitant to go in the woods.
0: Yeah, I think grandpa makes mistakes, too, like. He, It is oh, it is it is correct to withhold information. You can't just be like, hey, guess what? I'm going to suck a crazy person and tell you that there is just wild, fantastical, you know, magical creatures in here. Because they're not going right. to believe that automatically. Um, but at least say something like, I don't know, this is bear country. Like, don't go in the woods. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not that tints. hard to
1: say. Or even just say, there's hunters. Like, that's n- yeah. super normal. <laughs> and then they'd be like, oh, yeah, like, people hunt in the woods. We don't want to get shot
0: yeah <laughs> so he's he's got his grandpa's got his mistakes too but yeah. i think you know the kids part of the stories of the kids were quite literally thrust upon him yeah and even at the beginning of the book when you hear like grandpa talking to mom or dad and he's like can't they come the week after or something because we're like oh why but then we learn this is a bad week because of midsummer's yeah. eve um but yeah he he could have done it differently but i think he was stressed out you know grandma's missing and he's got two kids who don't they don't really know each other well, all that he, well. They've never been to this house. Grandpa knows where
1: <laughs> Grandma is.
0: Oh, well, yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he has to keep it a secret from everyone right. else.
1: And then you have Kendra, who is literally the polar opposite of her brother, who's <laughs> afraid yes. and a rule follower, and I understand and get her, but she's a little bit of a stick in the mud. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, and probably because she has to make up for him being ridiculous um and like you said she's a little older so
0: has that older sister responsibility vibe yeah sometimes well especially Mm -hmm.
1: figuring out when they're kind of left to their own devices within these boundaries like the grandpa's just like yeah i'm not gonna be around so stay here here and here and you know have fun (laughs) like there's no tv there's no nothing and
0: they give uh, Kendra, there's this really random treasure hunt of like, here are keys figure out what they go yeah. to, which is kind of exciting. I was like, oh, yeah, what is the point of all this? Like, why is this just busy work? But he's trying to get them used to the idea of something is going on here. But when you figure out something on your own, it's much more believable. Mm-hmm. So she has that going for her, but she's like. I don't want Seth to be a part of this. And also, she keeps finding little chocolates in places, and she's like, he doesn't get
1: this. Yeah, she eventually <laughs> gives him a couple, but then, like, hides the rest.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And then um. Grandpa is gone a lot, but there is Lena, which is, like, I don't want to say housemate. Like, a caretaker. Lena the caretaker. Yeah. And she's a fascinating story. Yeah. You know? She's a naiad. She's she's a naiad who... I guess generations ago when she lived on this property, fell in love with a previous caretaker. And um, it's very hard to convince a naiad to leave the water because that's like a whole way of life. They will live for years upon years upon mm-hmm. years. But she fell in love and came out of the water and accepted aging. I mean, she ages at a much slower pace, but she accepted aging in the human way. And her story is kind of super sad by the end of this. Yeah, I was really
1: <laughs> upset that she uh, worked obviously jumping way ahead and, and jumping around, but, um, you know, they have this big battle, and the the fairies return her to the water, and she turns back into a an naiad and doesn't remember, uh, or doesn't seem to remember the life she lived as a mortal. Um, and I was really sad. I was hoping for some sort of glimpse of, like, she knew them, uh, she knew Kendra, yeah. and... Yeah, it made me really upset, but, I mean...
0: Yeah, it just hurts because the fairies think they're doing the right thing. They have to fix all the fablehaven mistakes over the course of the night, and they think that's one of them. Oh, that's a Nyad. She goes back to here, and it's like, no,
1: don't do yeah. it. <laughs> like this one goes here, and this one yeah, goes here, sucks. and I fixed you. And th- it yep. was again, <laughs> it was done in with the best intentions. Yeah. But um, and then we have Dale, who's also a caretaker. He's much less prevalent in the story. He's just kind
0: of... He's kinda he's kinda farmhandish, yeah. kinda farmhand work. Yeah. Um
1: but there's definitely a mystery with him of his brother lives in a hut somewhere. I don't yes. remember the brother. So we have a the brother's name.
0: There's an un- there's a character we never see, he's only name dropped a few times. His it's his Dale's brother is Warren. Warren, yeah. He he has he used to be a normal person, but for some reason he walked out of the woods one day um and was like catatonic albino completely white and he just kind of exists like yeah he's his brother takes care of him off screen
1: yeah and um he was upset because when the fairies were fixing everything they didn't fix his brother um so because he wasn't around yeah so i'm interested to know and i may read more of the stories but i want to know more about that character because it definitely left like you know like you said earlier there's a lot of things that are touched and i'm like well we never got back to that like
0: (laughs) nope nope and if you are interested you will get to that storyline directly in book two so that will be the very next thing if you're interested and each book like all the hints are dropped in book one and book one as we know is not it's a it's a quick book Mm -hmm. a couple hundred pages and that's a couple hundred kid pages bigger (laughs) words bigger spaces um but i make the comparison to harry potter a lot not because the stories are similar but because the vibe is similar so every book gets bigger and bigger and bigger and the fifth book is like twice the size if not more of the first book and you can imagine if they're only jumping a year or so at a time they're pretty old by the yeah. end like they're going to grow up in this series because in book three um kendra's going to be in high school right. so it's like it's just you kind of grow up with it. It never becomes as adult as like the 7th Harry Potter book, but it does grow up and there is a sequel series that just ended this year um that is still Seth and Kendra and I don't I I don't they must be young adults by that point in the series. So, uh if you feel like the first one is too childish, I can tell you having just finished the second one, it's already starting to grow up.
1: That's really cool. I do appreciate when um authors acknowledge that the characters have to evolve because a yeah. child who is 8 is not going to have the same feelings and thoughts, you know, they're they're more formed by 18 or however many years. Yeah. So, um who what other characters are on your list?
0: I really just kind of those are the main characters we talk about. I mean, we can get the grandma in a second. She's like part of the plot really. Mm-hmm. You have Hugo the Golem, you have the Fairy Queen, who, even though it doesn't make a real appearance, is still very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the two Satyrs who... <laughs> I liked them. I love to hate. They're just annoying, you know, trying to get away with things, you know, they want batteries for their TV because TV is, is banned, and they're just like, oh, okay, these are these are the Satyrs.
1: <laughs> I liked them. I thought that they were, Yeah. you know, you're in this big... Grandpa and Lena have been taken. They're being chased by something. They've entered the woods. They've seen the witch. They're doing all these things. And then there's just these two satyrs who are like, You got any double, you know, whatever, C batteries or whatever size they were. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Not on us. Like, we don't just carry batteries.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, size so C batteries. Yeah.
1: So I thought that they were fun. I definitely could see, like, if this was a, a children's movie them popping in and getting some really big laughs of just like that was our that was our soup like now we got to get a new thing Mm. to get our soup and it being a whole situation so I enjoyed them
0: well and don't quote me on this because I haven't looked at it in a while I'm not actively checking but Fablehaven at one point or maybe still is something was supposed to happen with the Fablehaven show movie Mm. something that was in the works at one point I don't know that I haven't heard that since just before covid so i don't know if that put anything on hold but i i would want this to be like a netflix show yeah. or something yeah um so kind of the catalyst for the book which both is and isn't seth's fault again he, he makes a mistake but he captures a fairy then the fairies take um revenge yeah yeah so the fairies take revenge on Seth for stealing one of their kind and accidentally holding it overnight, turning it into an imp. And he's turned into, like, a
1: Walrus. weird
0: seal monster yeah. thing. And they they have a solution. They're like, okay, well, there's this witch in the woods, and she is powerful enough to heal you, but we have to, like, make a deal with her. And there's these knots, these magical knots, and no matter how hard the witch tries, she can't undo. It's her magical binding. So... They release one of the knots and the witch is like one step closer. One day I'll get them to do all these knots. They're going to need me again. They turn Seth back into a, a human child. And then later on in the story, grandma, who is a chicken yep. because of reasons, <laughs> um, they can fix her. And she tells, she can, she basically points me to the witch. The witch can help me. And the kids are like, but if we go to the witch, she's going to be free. It's the last knot or whatever. But grandma doesn't know. And Grandma is like, that's okay. You can do it. But she doesn't realize they just use one of those knots. So she's like, well, <laughs> this is a mess. So the witch gets free. And we very quickly learn about a lot of things. So not so much in this order. But there are... This is Fablehaven. That's the name of this specific sanctuary. There are other places like Fable Haven scattered throughout the world. A lot of them are public... Um, as far as, like, if you if you know about it, you know about it. But five of them are secret, and nobody, even in the know, knows their locations. And these five all hold a key of some sort. Not a literal key, but a key of some sort that holds the power to unlock um, the demon prison or whatever. And that's... Um, I can't remember the name right now. But there's the demon prison, and Fablehaven is one of those. And they're also holding uh bahama is that the mm-hmm. one in this one the bad guy bahama so anyways there is they meant they, they they name drop like there's five keys and there's they're each hidden on a different property um I don't again even think, that storyline i don't even
1: think they call them keys i just think in this first one they say that there's like something hidden and grandma yes, doesn't know okay. what it is but she knows it's hidden and it's important and that's kind and of and then it. they just drop yeah. it
0: so we just know like okay there's something hidden on the property um, so that'll get that'll come into play in later books with the society with everything else. But this place holds um, an ancient beast who has been locked away the same way the witch has been locked away. And so the witch's whole deal is like, now I'm gonna go free that thing. Well, and, and she makes
1: before we yeah. get into all of that. Um, the Midsummer's Eve party happens, and oh yeah yeah yeah, That's, the kids are yeah. told like. Go lock yourself in the attic room, which has been set up for you. It has extra guards. Put in earplugs. Don't look out the window. Don't open the window. Stay in your bed, which is you know, got salt around it to protect you. And, of course, Seth being Seth wants to hear it. He's like, well, that sounds like a dragon. That sounds like this. And um, they do. He
0: Here, hears a crying bee. Yeah, they do
1: look. And it's like almost a non-issue, like she, she makes them stop and they sit back down, but then they start hearing this crying baby and, um, they're calling to them asking for help and they both look out and they see a pack of werewolves about to eat this toddler that's on the roof and they're like, how to get on the roof? What's it doing there? Maybe it's lost. Maybe it's parents or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and they reach, they open the window, reach out to grab the baby. It's not a baby, obviously. And the wolves and things come in, um, and Dale, you know, has to burst in the room and, and shoot them. And um, luckily they grab grandma chicken that they don't know is grandma yet <laughs> and <laughs> and jump back in the salt. And the salt, like, uh, you know, sparks and, and hurts the, the bad guys when they try and cross over it. Um, but Seth very quickly realizes, like, oh, this was really bad. Um, and then the rest of the night. You know, they stay in the bed together with with the chicken and they hear babies calling to them saying, you know, Seth, please help me. Help me. Help me. Crying, screaming, being ripped apart. And they were told, stay in there until we come get you until it's light out. So it becomes light out and no one comes and gets them. And so they go out of the room. They walk out. They you know, they're looking, opening all the doors no one's there that they expect to be there. They go outside. Dale's a statue on the ground. Yep. Um, and Lena and Grandpa are gone. And that's when they realize that Grandma's a chicken, and they unchicken her. We never find out. I don't know if it's in the second, um, but they never explain why she was a chicken. Just that she is. <laughs>
0: And they will explain that later. I, on. I
1: assumed, um, but that was one of those yeah. things of like, I would love to know more about how she got herself into being a chicken, <laughs> um, and yeah. So then they convince Grandma to take them with her to save the day, and that's kind of where we fall. And this in. is what
0: this is what I appreciate about books like this or authors like this. I've read many a children's book where the very young kid is the main character. And he's way too adult like. Yeah. He can do so much on his own. He's not scared. This book is like realistic. These are kids. We are going to put them in positions where they will be on their own and have to solve things. But they need adults in their lives, and the adults will help them, whether it's grandma or Dale or what have you. They can't do everything. I, like, yeah. I'm glad that pa- parents are, inv- well, not parents. I'm glad the adults are involved. Like, they know. Like, these kids aren't slaying any insane 99 level monster it's like well there has to be adults in this book
1: and i think i think kendra was a great example of that because she like we said earlier was much more fearful much less um willing to run headlong into into these situations and when everything is falling apart and she's looking like she's the only one who's going to be left over she has this moment of like we're all gonna die and Mm-hmm. it is what it is and I need to how am I going to tell my parents and how am I going to like she she gives in and is like this is it Um, only to you know kind of remember like oh yeah there's there's this queen that I think Lena had just kind of glossed over in her story it wasn't like she knew a lot about it and just kind of went with her intuition of like someone's going to help me Um. And yeah, yeah, it was all very realistic of like, not just the actions she ended up taking, but her mental process of they're hungry. They, you know, they want, they're thirsty. They are scared. They are um, making decisions at age appropriate levels. They're not like, oh, let me go sort this out and strategically make this plan. And like, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're winging it, and and she and the bravest thing Kendra has to do because she's kind of like the catalyst for the end game, the bravest thing has, she has to do, which don't get me wrong, is still brave and still hard, mm-hmm. but all she has to do is take a boat and cross the lake where the naiads live, who are dangerous, so that she can make a request to the fairy queen. That is her. I have no adults moment. This is how I save the day. And that's and that's not some epic thing. She just had to do this very fearful thing of getting past the naiads and they're luring like siren way like come to the water and get closer and it's like okay that makes logical realistic sense that is a scary thing for a kid to do and then she made her request to the fairy queen statue and then that's when the fairies can help and the adults can get free and we can save the day well, and that felt realistically doable
1: and she she crosses back over and she sees the witch's puppet um golem Mindigo. yeah and he's, I just picture him as, like, a big marionette. Is that?
0: Yeah, literally, that's exactly what it is. And
1: it's not like she gets in some epic fist fight with him. She pulls, she unclips his arm because he's a puppet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like- and gets tricked into the water. Yeah, yeah. The naiads take him. Um, yep.
1: So she's, but, you know, there's times where, like, this teen girl is gonna, um, I don't know if you saw it, but, like, Enola Holmes on YouTube with Millie Bobby Brown. I yeah. loved it. It was great, but Millie Bobby Brown at you know pretending to be 15, fourteen or fifteen is not having. It's not realistic for her to be having a full on physical fight with a an adult man with a gun. It's not. <laughs> you. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um. And I felt like the physical fight, quote unquote, that she has with this puppet was totally acceptable. She was like, "Oh wait, this is a doll. <laughs> like, let yep. me take him apart and trick him because he has no brains. He's just ordered to do something and does it." Um so yeah, I appreciated that. And again, no hate to Millie Bobby Brown or that movie. I'm very excited for the second one. <laughs> one thing that was super fantastical that's not super related directly to the plot, but that I want to talk about for a second is this ginormous cow. <laughs> this, they have a, This
0: is one of those moments where I was like, "Oh, this is one of those weird parts of the book where I'm like,
1: uh, <laughs> it's kind of." <laughs> I don't. Do you remember her name? The cow's name. Oh, did the
0: cow have a name? I don't remember. Yeah, I
1: think the cow did have a name, um, but basically, they like like you mentioned, they're not allowed to go in the barn. They everything happens. There's no adults, and they hear this like rumbling or crying or the sound and
0: they yeah, like, like a monstrous noise like oh god what is Yeah that? so
1: of course they walk straight to it as you do and mm-hmm. they come to find this cow that is the size of a barn.
0: Yeah. Like literally it's outgrowing its own barn.
1: Yeah. Um and they <laughs> they jump off ladders to help milk it and relieve her pain, which is why she was crying. They make a giant mess, and they clean it up with a hose, which was all great. Very responsible. Seems a little silly when you're in the <laughs> middle of saving the day, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and yep. I I laughed. I thought it was ridiculous, but also, like, it was just so random. And uh, Kendra has to go back and get some milk from the cow to save the day because uh, the fairy queen is And like, if you're
0: listening to this review having not read the book, the milk... Is dr- it's a magical cow. Oh, yes, you drink yes. the milk, <laughs> then you can see the magic of Fablehaven. All of a sudden, the, you see the butterflies aren't butterflies. They're fairies, blah, blah, blah. Just in case you're, you know, just listening for yeah, fun. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> kind
1: of like, and again, we use Harry Potter a lot, but it's kind of like how Luna wears those glasses and she can see things floating around.
0: The Nargles. Yeah, <laughs>
1: this is, the milk is their version of the glasses. Of like, all of a sudden you see everything for what it really is. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just fun and silly, and I enjoyed that part a lot and just thought it was so ridiculous.
0: Yeah, the ridiculous moment for me, um, which that was one of them, but I forgot about the second one, which is where they have to give, a, I think it was a troll, the massage. Yes. <laughs> which, out of context, sounds like, okay, so this is a book you're getting four out of five stars. But they, they're making deals, and they have nothing to bargain with. But you know, a troll being a troll and how they live, grandma is trying to convince him, like, you will remember this for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a great. And he's like, well, it's not something physical that I can, like, take. It's yeah, because just one hour of you doing something. Trolls and want then... <laughs> goals,
1: they want, they want things. You yeah. Know?
0: Things for passage. Yeah. Um... <laughs> that was my ridiculous moment of, like, and they are now massaging a troll after, like, what was a very long debate of, like, what do we give you? I
1: remember there was, in that scene, I don't exactly remember what it was, but he was, she was like, you know, I'll give you this massage. And he's like, well, what if you stay 12 years as my personal masseuse? And I just remember <laughs> laughing so hard of, like, the he's putting the the bargain up so high and she's just like well i I, you know how about no (laughs) it it was just great because they were at such odds of like you know i don't know how how about you know how about you give me a diamond and they're like here how about a pebble (laughs) and then they have to talk up this pebble of how great it is and how amazing and how he should want it and then he's like you know what yeah I do want that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all these magical creatures, they live their own way of lives. and They don't realize the demands they make of regular people are just outlandish. They're like, you realize how you sound, right? Like, this is not how the world works. Hey, <laughs> like, it's just ridiculous.
1: Use it, use it to your advantage. <laughs> so they, of course, save the day and uh, learn lots of lessons and then have to go back to real life, which sounds so ridiculous. Like, I there's no way I could go back after that.
0: Yeah, they spend the very beginning of the f- second book in like regular life, and like so, f- Kendra at the end becomes fairy struck. So oh, the yes. fairies all like kiss her basically. I'm um, at the end of the day, it's like how they all that's how they turn back and stuff, yep. right? So they they kiss yeah. her on the cheek then... and they turn
1: small again because her deal with the fairy queen made them into a big army basically that like big physically. Yep. Uh, they they become human sized they're bigger and they can um they take command from her so she leads them another instance of army.
0: the magical creatures save the day you know yeah. it wasn't kids fighting in an army it was the magical creatures the kids just executed the the, the first step yeah. there but so she doesn't need milk anymore for all future purposes she sees magic for what it is and that will come into play because what happens when you leave Fable Haven, well, now you can see things you didn't realize during everyday life. So which is a very interesting aspect.
1: This makes me think of and I think maybe if we swap books again, maybe this will be the book that I choose. But it makes me think of Shauna Maguire's Wayward Children series, which I've mentioned, where you have the kids who have gone to Narnia or down the rabbit hole or whatever, and then they come back and they have to acclimate to something that they know is not one it's not their home and two it's you know they they just spent years being a mermaid or they just were a king in another realm and now they're like a 10 year old who has to just go to school yeah and be normal narnia
0: did that they were kings and queens for decades. They grew up, grow old together, yeah. and they come home and they're 10 again. It's like, oh, shoot. Like, yeah.
1: And then they're like, getting I, I would and love to book and, swap that. Yeah. I think that would be a really fun. That one. sounds amazing. Um, But okay. it, that's what it makes me think of is like, they just went through all of these things and learned a lot. And now they'd have to go back to school and to high school yep. and middle school and kids on the playground and all those things. And it's like, you just went through a literal. Uh, what's the right word? Like supernatural war, <laughs> and yep. unleashed a witch into the world. And your grandma was was a chicken, and now you have to do homework and chores. It's just yeah, yeah. I,
0: I would just want to die.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things of like, I kind of want just a whole book of that. Like, give me like a year in between of like, like maybe a couple years of like the summers with the grandparents or whatever you know, some, whatever that is. And then, like, just a year of them at school. (laughs) Like, I would read that.
0: Well, they... Now, to be clear, I've only read the Fablehaven 5 book series. Mm -hmm. The sequel series is called Dragon Watch. It's another five books that just ended. Um, I have no idea what that's about. I can guess based on the title. But... um, So, just speculating here grandpa makes it pretty clear. They're like one day we're old. We're going to die. And someone else needs to be caretakers. Basically. It's like, so I assume. Yeah. So I assume, I don't know how old they are in dragon watch, but maybe they're already the caretakers at that point. I have no idea, but that'd be really cool. Yeah. But I I would like to see what they, I mean, I've seen a little bit of it, but I would like to see how they like long term, just like deal with real life. Like the, like like book (laughs) 1.5. Yeah.
1: I, I'm definitely interested. Like I said, I would probably keep reading. Um,
0: and they're so fast. So I think
1: yeah, they break things up cuz we're about to dive into yeah. this, uh well I I'm in some big books but um our next buddy read is our main quest book is a big old chunky Stephen King. It is. <laughs> it is. I'm excited.
0: And I'm glad that Fablehaven was the short book this last two weeks because I started a my own my own book in my own time. I started a book that was like 600 pages and it's um I needed all the time to get through. I have a few chapters left, but I was like thank god because I did not realize how big this book was. Yeah.
1: Um anything else on Fablehaven?
0: Uh I don't know if we'll talk about the future Fablehaven books anytime soon, so I would just say I finished book 2 and I gave that one a 5 out of 5 and I think it's twice as good as the first book. Like first book like learning experience he was probably just trying to get his story together and you know as one does you learn as you as you write and continue your your story and i think they just improve upon every aspect of what this book is so well and and the second book is called rise of the evening star and that's the secret society that they name drop a few times in the first book so that kind of gives you an idea of where this series is headed
1: i guess i'm going shopping because I enjoyed it. Like, I, I want to keep reading. I want to know why grandma's a chicken. And um, I I just, I like the old people banter of, like, I can't believe you ate my eggs. Like, things like that. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was all, it was cute and fun. And um, I have a couple books I've mentioned in previous podcasts that I'm trying to read this fall that are all very heavy and very, uh, you know, on, on theme for October. And... I need some some silly in between. So so something to note, if you have been following along with our schedule, which is posted on Facebook, um, we made some updates because we do have these big chunky books coming. So we've taken some books out, rearranged some books and dates. So go check that out so that you can read along with us if, if that is what you enjoy doing. Uh, because we... Needed more time because these books are ginormous.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we're, we'll update our schedule now and again. Right now, we're probably gonna we're probably gonna change some some things around and do two main quests a month. That gives us more time for, on our own books. So if you were looking forward to listening about um the graveyard book, we are still going to discuss that. It just will be in a side quest coming up at some point soon. Yeah. Um, so that's still coming, no worries. And then on our on our side quests. We'll probably pick a number of books so that we have something even to talk about, like you talk about two, I talk about two, or maybe it's three or something, who knows. Um, but just books that we, we want to discuss. Maybe we don't review every single book because, like, last, last week I reviewed a one-star book that I couldn't even finish. Right. So, um, and I don't want to sit there and talk bad about an author all day long, but we'll just talk about, like, these are three books I really want the world or our... Ten listeners to know about <laughs> we want your mom to know about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we'll just stick to the ones we want to want to discuss or excited to discuss and not necessarily like are you know gonna drag us yeah. down. Uh so next main quest, pretty set in stone, Stephen King's fairy tale. Um, very briefly, have you read Stephen King before? I have
1: read one Stephen King book. I don't remember what it was called. I read it in high school. Um and I read it because the main character's name was Jesse, and that was literally the only reason. And I am—we've mentioned oh I am a big baby. I get scared watching *Pretty Little Liars*. I get scared watching uh, commercials. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I'm I, nervous. Okay, I have never heard that before. <laughs> I'm nervous, but I'm excited.
0: I—I <laughs> am not a big horror fan. As far as books, they don't do anything for me. Um, I have read Stephen King, and I'll talk more about this on the next episode, but um, I've read his Dark Tower series, but that is the extent of my Stephen King, and that was more fantasy than it was horror, which is why I read it, and I'm kind of hoping we have the same vibe here, so I just pulled up Amazon because I did not have this written out yet, and most of this is going to be new for me, so here we go. Charlie Reed looks like a regular high school kid great at baseball and football, a decent student, but he carries a heavy load. His mom was killed in a hit-and-run accident when he, when he was 10, and grief drove his dad to drink. Charlie learned how to take care of himself and his dad. When Charlie is 17, he meets a dog named Radar and her aging master, Howard Bodich, a recluse in a big house at the top of a big hill with a locked shed in the backyard. Sometimes, strange sounds emerge from it. Charlie starts doing jobs for Mr. Bowditch and loses his heart to Radar. Then, when Bowditch dies, he leaves Charlie a cassette tape telling a story no one would believe. What Bowditch knows and has kept secret all his long life is that inside the shed is a portal to another world. Um, Okay, then it just goes into accolades, it looks like. So, that's, yeah, that's about what I was hoping for. Sounds like a Narnia... You know, wardrobe situation. So I'm I'm here for it. I'm in. I didn't know what it was about. So
1: now I'm intrigued more, much more.
0: I still expect Stephen King twists and horror bits here and there. I don't think it's going to be, you know, elementary by any means. But (laughs) I I look forward to it. I
1: definitely feel like this is going to be one of those ones where I have to like close it and walk away to like compose myself and uh, get really cozy and get through some some scenes because like i said i get scared of a lot of things
0: <laughs> let us know what you think of fable haven if you are going to read it if you have read it uh check out facebook because i did just this week or last week depending when you hear this i updated that schedule uh so following along we did make i think one or two changes all the books are still there yep.
1: we're just kind of s- spreading things out more
0: yep Absolutely. All right. Anything on your end?
1: No. I'm excited to go do some reading.
0: Same. All right. Well, we will talk to you next time then during our upcoming side quests. Until then, bye. Bye.